1: Welcome to another episode of the Translation Company Talk Podcast. Today, I have invited my friend and industry thought leader Renato Benanato to join me and talk about what the proliferation of speech and audio means for our industry. The author of the General Theory of the Translation Company, Renato Benanato is recognized as one of the most experienced and accomplished experts in the translation, localization, interpretation, and language services industry. Renato has served on the executive teams for some of the localization industry's most prominent companies and founded two of the most prominent market research and consulting companies in the language services space. Renato was the president of ELIA, or the European Language Industry Association, and also an ambassador for Translators Without Borders, a non profit organization that provides translations for NGOs. He was also the vice president of ABRAITS, or the Brazilian Translators Association, and a former advisor to TAUS, which is the Translation Automation User Society. He's a frequent speaker on global. Globalization and localization issues at industry events and universities around the world. He's a native Brazilian living in Seattle who speaks five languages and has lived in seven countries around the world. Renato is the author of three books on global business and founded nimzi to provide insights to investors, analysts, buyers, and suppliers of language services. Welcome to the Translation Company Talk Podcast, Renato. How are you? Very good.
2: Thank you for inviting me over again. I really enjoy our conversations here.
1: Great to have you again on this podcast, Renato. We spoke recently on another topic and you're always uh, up to trend. You know everything, what's happening. Uh, Give me a quick introduction for people who are listening to you for the first time and just tell them what have you been up to. I know you've been traveling a lot. Yes. So I, as you know, I'm uh,
2: the co-founder and chairman of Nimze Insights, which is a market research and consulting company in the language services space. And uh, we look at um, everything related to the language industry, from uh, trends to technologies and the combination of uh, uh, business practices and uh, client expectations. So, so uh, uh, the good thing, Sultan, is that we don't get bored in this business because there's always more and more demand for translation and language services.
1: That's always exciting to hear. Now, how is the industry performing this year? I mean, we are almost at the end of 2022. Uh, how was this year for us?
2: Look, we, we've been looking, as you know, we publish the NIMSI 100 every year and we're in that uh, period of the, the the year that we start looking back at what happened and what we predicted was going to happen and so on. So far, when we looked at the half-year results of the top uh, companies, the ones that, have, that are publicly traded and share their information, uh, it's been a banner year, another banner year. We're looking at uh, companies growing uh, in the double digits. And if you factor in uh exchange rates uh because uh uk companies and european companies the euro and the the pound have devalued uh in relation to the dollar so a lot of these european companies are invoicing clients in us dollars and the revenues will increase significantly when converted from the reporting currency into the us dollar so uh, which is the, the the currency that we use to report the ranking of of translation companies. So, either if you look at the uh, uh, growth on uh, their original currency or in U.S. dollars, uh, it's been a banner year, another banner year. This is an
1: industry that keeps growing, so um, positive outlook. Speaking of that that report, uh, Renato, how do LSPs get their hands on that report that NIMSI publishes and uh, to use that intelligence to their benefit. For example, 2023 is right around the corner. They could be making decisions in terms of, um, you know, strategy and so forth. I'm pretty sure that that report will be critical for them to 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 get that information. How do they find it?
2: Well, the, the, the one for 2022 is available on our website. It's called the NIMSI 100. Oh, the, the half-year report it's on on the, on our website if you go to the nimsy 100 and look for latest articles or things like that i think we published it in the beginning of october uh, this this article about the the growth the that we have noticed in the first half of the year and it's it's uh, a free article it's available on our website and uh, the the actual nimsy 100 that we're going to publish is going to come out late February, early March, uh, next year as
1: every year. So it's
2: nimzi.com, N I
1: okay. Let's shift our focus, Renato, to a topic that's very dear to me, and you have a lot to talk about it. I've heard you speak about this before. Our industry has always had to deal with um, speech and audio and video format since, uh, I guess, uh, 60s. I want you to talk about how speech is turning into a service that is distinct from interpreting and, and text translation. Uh, give me a high level of overview please what's happening with speech okay the speech is a very uh, broad topic
2: right you you mentioned interpretation it's an area that has seen a lot of progress and interpretation is a service that is mostly uh, humans uh, translating humans orally right it's it's a a very uh, um, straightforward type of service Uh, you listen to information in one language, you convert it in the brain of the interpreter, and the interpreter spits out the translation automatically into another language. This has been around uh, since the the late 40s, early 50s with the Nuremberg trials, uh, as the concept of simultaneous interpretation. Consecutive interpretation, some people will claim that is the second oldest profession in the world, right? It has been around <laughs> since time immemorial. but uh, what what people like to talk now, what we're talking about is this type of interactive voice use of voice in uh, communication between humans and machines, or, this uh, voice-assisted uh, systems like uh, uh, Alexa, Cortana, the, the Google Assistant, and you name it. There are several of them. So right. this is the 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 human machine interface where we all know how 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 that works. Um, and this is actually uh, a technology that has advanced a lot in the past few years but has been hitting uh, a ceiling Uh, we've had recently news about layoffs at amazon in the alexa group mostly but not because alexa isn't uh performing as a in in terms of voice technology voice recognition and um, action on that voice recognition but because they haven't been able to transform that uh, user interface into uh, a business model to monetize Alexa, right? Uh, People use it to uh, ask for weather information, listen to the radio, Uh, kids use it to help them with their homework. But uh, uh, the the goal that Amazon had originally was to use it as a channel for people to buy more stuff from them. Uh, in that sense, uh, voice is at a mature stage. On the other hand, what really interests us in, in, in our business is how voice and language interact. How do you use voice to uh, convey information in another language, either through translation or through the different uh, ways of of using voice. That could be uh, dubbing, narration, and um, uh, just simple uh, uh, audio converted from one language to the other. Not talking about uh, automatic interpretation, which is another field that is very at, at its very infancy. It's not mature yet to be commercially available, even though many people try. But at the seed of this, is this concept of the uh, uh, audio content that is converted into text? Uh, it's translated in the text format, and the output is that original content in another language. And uh, one way, the way that we have done this traditionally is through a human, right? So right. Uh, uh, somebody transcribes the text, and this function of voice to text is very automated these days there are multiple i mean you carry a a a cell phone an android or um an iphone and you can uh dictate uh in any language that you want the next step is how do you translate that to another language and how do you transform that voice from text into voice the the way we do it today is you get an artist if you have a female voice you get a woman if you have a male voice you have a man and uh, they read the text they read the script they act that script in movies tv series uh, uh, theatrical uh, uh, events and so on uh, so there is a, 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 a reenactment of the original content in a foreign language and this is how it has been done uh, traditionally now the 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 new uh, area of development is how do you because there is so much uh, audio and video content coming out podcasts uh, streaming movies videos documentaries uh, you name it um youtube and and other platforms uh how do you scale and uh, uh, technology comes into play when you don't have enough resources to scale there is more demand than the supply of talent to to develop the the output right the the voice in a foreign language And uh, we are in that uh, threshold of what is automated and what needs to be done by humans. And these are exciting times. We're going to, we're still developing standards, expectations, rules, and so on, when you can use one, when you can use the other. But there are some areas of the, the voice technology that are much more advanced than others
1: thank you Renato. at a high level uh, you talked about you know this is very broad uh, there's so many sub fields of voice or speech but what applies to us at a high level who are the main stakeholders for speech business in terms of buyers and users and suppliers
2: look uh, it's 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 hard to to pinpoint one specific area right um right voice is everywhere these days so you, you you get into an elevator and the elevator will speak to you. Right. right uh,
1: yeah.
2: That 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 is a, 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 a an opportunity for 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 uh, development of voice. I remember going to Japan and entering an airplane, uh, uh, an elevator and uh, they say, I don't know, what I imagine is good morning, uh, first floor, second floor, 10th floor, 100th floor, and so on. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that could be translated, right? But uh, today, the, a lot of the voice is uh, coming out of, okay, let let, let let me go back a little bit before I go forward. Uh, a lot of this technology is developed from the military space, military demand. Uh, you will have um, systems monitoring calls, monitoring TV shows, monitoring, uh, um, spy channels or whatever that is. And uh, there is a huge amount of content that is captured, needs to be transcribed, translated, and analyzed by um, specialists, right? So uh, uh, a lot of this technology of voice-to-text had military application after 9-11, when there was a huge uh, surge in demand, especially for languages where you didn't have many translators, many professional translators. And this is a story that is already over 20 years old. That was at the origin. Today, uh, the demand for voice uh, comes from uh, m- on the enterprise, from marketing departments that need to promote product trainings, uh, e-learning uh, inside organizations. And uh, then there is what we would call the theatrical side where you have uh, streaming uh, channels and the the number of channels streaming content around the world is astounding. It's it's in the tens of thousands of uh, channels that are producing or reproducing content every day throughout the world in multiple languages and they want uh, whatever production is generated in a language to move into other languages. And this is not something that is, let's put it uh, US and Europe centric. There is a huge uh, development and demand for uh, content, audio content and video content with the accompanying audio in Asia. So Koreans are very famous for producing a lot of uh, Movies and TV series that are very popular throughout Asia, and you have a lot of demand for Korean into Thai, into uh, Tagalog, or into Chinese content. So this is something that is happening all over the world. Entertainment is a big driver of the voice demand, I would say
1: what type of activities and output is involved in speech processing business in the context of the language industry like how what do we receive and and what do we return to our customers
2: so this can go i i think that the 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 number one application today in the enterprise is related to uh training uh e-learning onboarding of new customers uh, of new employees Um, Situations where you have multimedia content that needs to be uh, uh, consumed by a large number of people, uh, and that goes not not only for the employees of the company but also for certain clients. Uh, I I've seen uh, especially uh, after the pandemic where, uh, or during the pandemic where you couldn't be providing. Training for experts. I am familiar of an account that is in the automotive industry, and they were training and updating mechanics throughout the world about the features of new models that needed. They needed to learn how to uh, install, fix, uh, and 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 uh, address things in in the setup of the automobile. Uh, an interesting thing also has to do with the. Human behavior around this, right? People are very comfortable with uh, nowadays, and 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 I'm one of those people who, uh, not too long ago, thought that this was a behavior change that was going to take some time to to happen, but it's happening. People are very comfortable talking to machines and giving voice commands for things to happen, but voice command uh, to 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 interact with a machine doesn't mean that there is a business model around that, right? That's uh, voice recognition and training with the uh, uh, instructions or commands that are given. I think that the value on the enterprise is to transform. I don't know, and I I, I can see this in my day-to-day. Um, there is transcription software that allows you to... Um, Uh, capture conversations and uh, in in this uh, meeting environments that exist and uh, it's more and more uh, important to be able to capture those transcripts in more than one language and those things uh, need to be summarized, translated and uh, distributed inside organizations. That's a a practical uh, uh, application that is uh,
1: currently possible in the market. There are so many use cases, as you pointed out, uh, and speech is probably the most natural way, well, the only natural way for humans to communicate with each other. And now computers, as you said, are intelligent enough to use the same medium to talk to us and understand us. In your opinion, Renato, what is the next step for speech to become more natural and useful? How can we make machines more intelligent with speech?
2: Okay, this this is the area where I think it's, we're in the infancy of some uh, very interesting developments. I've been able to see recently a couple of of companies uh, showing demos of voices using artificial intelligence that they to create what they call emotional virtual voices. And if you try and and there are some some companies, and I'm sure, Hybrid Links uh, has a solution for that. There are companies that are today, and uh, one of the companies that I own is Multilingual, the the magazine uh, for the language industry. And uh, we have a podcast called Localization Today, where uh, for a certain period of time, and occasionally uh, more and more frequently, instead of using humans to read the stories, we have bought uh, artificial uh, or virtual voices that uh, can put a little bit of emotion in the reading of the content that we provide the the, the platform. Right. The other thing that I have seen and which I find very interesting in the space of voice is hu- using professional voice talent to train virtual voices with their voice, with their tone, and paying this uh, voice talent artists royalty. Whenever their voice is used in a commercial environment, and there is a, a tool called Mate Sub that does a very uh, no Mate Sub is subtitling Mate Dub that does a very good job. It cannot do dubbing, but it can do an excellent job in narrating content with a human voice that uh, will provide inflections and, and, and uh, uh, emotion to the text that is read. read. So. You provide the text, the voice reads that and transforms that into an output. And this is something that I find uh, intriguing, I find interesting, and I find fair, that you're uh, letting uh, uh, you use automation with the voice of a real person and not a synthetic voice. But there are hundreds of those available in the market, and they're very affordable, to use a, a good word there.
1: Well, thanks for mentioning Hyberlinks, Renato. This week we launched actually the do tt AI project. So my company has made it available in beta to LSPs and and folks in the localization industry who are interested. We developed a platform that uh, turns speech into text in a number of languages and translates it on the fly. So if you have like speech in German, you can request an English transcript for it. And if anyone's interested, please reach out to access the beta for free and unlimited use. That was a bit of a shameless plug there for me. Do you think That's such fair. tools? <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you think such tools have a place for transcription, like machine translation did? For for text in order to, to basically create the foundation where a human can uh, a human in the loop process can improve the quality and and make it usable.
2: Yes, and and this has been the case for a while already. This is not necessarily revolutionary. What is uh, and there are tools like Rev and even Amazon provides some of these services uh, around uh, voice recognition and transcription. And so on, right. but uh, the the interesting thing is that what used to be an exception, what used to be the the the, the niche case, is going mainstream, right? So uh, every client now can expect to get uh, a transcription from uh, a meeting or a, or or a, uh, a presentation in minutes instead of hours and days. Uh, and, and the technology is mature enough that with a little bit of post-editing, that transcription is a very accurate tool for you to uh, uh, keep track of and, and define what actions need to be done or uh, make decisions based on the information that you get. I am an avid user of services like that. In fact, in 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 my company at nimzi we have an add-on to our meetings where we have automatic transcription of uh, all our our meetings so it, it makes it very easy to write summary notes and send back to our client with uh, uh, feedback on the things that had been discussed and uh, makes note-taking much more interesting and uh, generate some statistics around that and so on. And 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 uh, this has become almost an expectation and it has affected my behavior because I got so used to this uh, transcription feature that I seldom take notes these days because I can just go back and refer to the transcription. <laughs> an interesting point here though, and it's a, a, an area where there is opportunity for development is that uh, the transcription is done in English essentially, and and you have to manually select if you're you're changing. This happened to me this morning. I was having a conversation with a client in Spanish, and I forgot to switch the transcription from English to Spanish. And in I think they only have it available in four languages. But uh, uh, automatic language detection is something that I hear meta is working on, on the voice side and videos and so on. And um, that's an area for expansion that I think is quite interesting.
1: From what I understand, the speech services area opens many opportunities, as you mentioned. For example, text-to-speech services such as ASR requires large uh, corpus or amounts of uh, transcribed audio speech to train machine learning models, right? So English is really not a problem, as you mentioned, given the amount of data available on the internet for English. How can our industry as an expert in, in languages, in foreign languages, bridge the gap for, for those languages?
2: You know, this is
1: a mixture
2: of uh, uh, commercial push and academic interest, right? Uh, there are the 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 long tail languages have very little content to be able to generate the type of information. However, uh, training a voice model is, I think, easier than training uh, uh, a whole uh, uh, language translation model uh, because right. language translation requires. Pairings and and transaction memories and comparisons and things like that, but the audio sound. I mean, uh, you you can have theoretically somebody read a dictionary, which would take uh, I don't know uh, days, not not years, and um, create a model for that language. And there are many initiatives along this way. Uh, the commercial languages, if you like, I said if you on my iPhone. I I joke that uh, my weakest written language is French because I learned it as an adult and sometimes I struggle with uh, some accents. But when I dictate, uh, the iPhone ac- puts accents perfectly, so <laughs> I don't need to worry about it. When I when I need to write in French, I just dictate it, right? Uh, so I think that. Uh, One of the things uh, that I noticed in in the latest events that I've attended and when we're talking about AI, machine translation and and, and, uh, language technologies, is that when it comes to the top 20 languages, uh, we have already reached a level of development. We have plateaued in the development of uh, the language models that we have there's going to be very little improvement in uh, machine translation from French into German, from English into Japanese and so on, because uh, uh, we, we, we're pretty much, the the, the the marginal improvement is very low from more training. Uh, they, they're trained enough. So the focus, especially for a company like Meta, has been to, to expand this technology and their interest into uh, uh, their program that they call No Language Left Behind, where they're looking at a matrix of 200 languages combined with 200 languages. So uh, uh, there is a lot of leveraging going there. And these days, when you talk about language models, you are intrinsically uh, addressing the voice and, and uh, um, audio element as well as the text element in that uh, there is a challenge but this is, is has become less of an issue because speech and 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 audio uh, uh, requires a lot more storage than just pure text text is it's is very simple but okay. this has become has has not been a, a major constraint in in the development of 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 uh, voice uh, requirements so in the long tail it's going to take a while in other languages the efforts uh, are there uh, we're still in the dawn of this uh, technology and as new markets come in line the 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 the, the application of voice commands is going to uh, extend into other languages i wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh we hear about uh, uh, voice technology for african languages in the very near term
0: this podcast is made possible with sponsorship from hybrid links a human in the loop provider of translation and data collection services for healthcare education legal and government sectors visit hybridlinks.com to learn more
1: you, you talked about this earlier, Renato, um, but this is something very interesting that I keep an eye on. I'm sure you, you've been seeing what's happening with that. It's uh, this is something that we could basically take and, and translate spoken words directly without iteration through. Conversion to text, uh, or and then applying machine translation, then rendering back that text as as a synthetic speech. So it is in extremely early stages, as you mentioned, but could have monumental impact on on interpreting industry. What are your thoughts about innovation in that area, and where do you see it going in terms of potential opportunities?
2: Yeah, this is an interesting conversation, Sultan, because <clears throat> you have opposing forces uh, playing a role in this space when it comes to interpretation, right? On 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 one side, the virtual interpretation environments, where you don't need people to be present in the same location to make uh, uh, simultaneous interpretation happen, was a, had a, an amazing boost. We used to say that virtual interpretation or remote interpretation was a technology in search of a problem, and then the pandemic made the problem real, and <laughs> the technology, the solution was there. However, after the pandemic. That market that had an an amazing push for innovation and development has lost momentum. And I think that what was once a a solution to a new problem is now just becoming a feature inside uh, the meeting environments into uh, Zoom, Teams, uh, WebEx, and all of that. And uh, the technology in there is going to be more of a feature. The value in, in having human interpreters uh, will come from making it easy to, on the fly, identify interpreters, bring them online. And uh, so, I, I think that in the interpretation space, we're moving into more of a marketplace environment than uh, automation so much. Uh, we know that Zoom and, and Microsoft are working in attempts to create uh, automatic interpretation, uh, just using technology and voice recognition without the the text as the intermediary. But uh, it's very, very early stages. I haven't seen any convincing demos that, that something like this is anywhere near uh, completion. You can see the text-to-text and the text-to-speech work, uh, but it's still very buggy, it's still very early, and I don't know that there is a huge demand for that now, right? I think it's going to take some time. I think we're in the early stages. I I said, I think, too many times here, so... uh, Let's move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Renato, how do you see LSPs uh, being able to scale up to offer speech on top of their text translation offering that uh, that they've been traditionally doing? So how how can they leverage that capability to, to scale up into speech? That's, that's a
2: natural extension of the services that they provide, right?
1: LSPs adapt.
2: LSPs, uh, you've heard me say before, that we don't create anything in the language services industry. We're constantly transforming. So this is just another form of transformation of content that LSPs have to handle. Uh, the ones that have uh, needed to do this have uh, stepped up to the plate and have delivered because the the way you deliver today is less important than uh, uh, whether or not you are delivering right the 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 um, challenge is how do you say yes to your client how you're going to do this in the background doesn't matter but as it scales and the volumes increase and and there is more demand for uh, transcription and 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 uh, voice related services uh automation creeps in because you cannot do everything manually because there are not enough talents and uh, there is a, a, an element of scalability and um, timeliness that clients don't have any patience to wait too long for a project to be delivered. So this automation b- become critical. I think that the the role of the LSP is going to be the role that the LSP always has in uh, any language related service is to uh, facilitate this trans- trans- uh, transformation from one language to another in whatever format it is and manage the projects around that. So the core competency here is going to continue to be project management. Uh, the the voice uh, resource, the transcription and the the output, in, in another voice format are just resources that a project manager needs to pro, to to manage within the customer relationship framework.
1: How do you see the impact of speech localization and and generation uh, on text content? Would that cause a reduction in people translating documents as more people use the speech medium to talk to machines?
2: no um, I don't think so because it's not a Either or situation is not a replacement situation; is a coexistence situation. And we didn't even get to talk about the area that is that drives a lot of this demand. We talked about the military, but there is also and and there is more and more demand in the accessibility space, right? Right. Voice is extremely important for uh, the the blind. We talk a lot about ASL and. Um, uh, sign language uh, communication for the deaf and hard of hearing community, but there is a uh, blind and visually impaired, right? Uh, there is, there is a, um, a huge demand for, and there has always been a huge demand for audio and transcribed content for this community. So there is a whole element of language access and, and social justice and, uh, 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 diversity and inclusion of uh, communities that don't have the same uh, access that most people have, right? So uh, that's another driver for growth and that has always been there in the background for this kind of stuff. So Sultan, we shouldn't fear uh, one replacing the other. I think it's something that will coexist and the automation will address Things that don't require an extreme level of quality and uh, humans will be taken to the niches where it's very important for them.
1: Speaking of that, what do freelancers and translators need to know about about, about speech? How can they benefit from this lucrative market? Use it first. Okay. Uh, I, I will tell a little anecdote here. When I
2: started in the industry back in the 80s, I... Right. I used to dictate, I translated novels and and, and adventure books that were sold in newsstands. And I was translating a book a month. And the way I produced this is that I dictated it and uh, my wife would uh, type the translation and we would be doing translation and editing. This is before uh, computers at the same time, right? Uh, And uh, collaborative translation at the same time. Today, uh, you don't need that that the, the 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 need for the typist is gone because technology takes care of that part. So there is the the for the freelancer and the 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 professional in the space, there is the opportunity to use the voice as a productivity improvement. Uh, you can dictate your translation and you can post edit your translation. Uh, in, in any environment that you work. I mean, you get any, any tool that you have in your uh, 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 work environment, Microsoft Word, you click a button, there is a function to dictate. On your iPhone, you can dictate into and transform things into text. So uh, uh, first of all, learn how to use it as a productivity tool for you. Uh, The other thing is that not to be afraid is is to promote that kind of stuff. There is an opportunity, like I mentioned, with uh, companies that are synthesizing and uh, uh, transforming uh, voice talent uh, uh, into synthetic voices that can generate royalties for them. And um, I think that the opportunities are, we're, we're just looking at the surface of these opportunities. There is uh, uh, um, opportunities to uh, for uh, translators to dub content, to have home studios. One of the things that has been transformed in the voice space is that uh, you used to be required to go to a studio that had amazing microphones and uh, filters and uh, 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 soundproof environments. And you needed to have that uh, uh, facility in order to do a very good uh, dubbing or narration. But uh, today, uh, the technology has, the prices of technology have dropped significantly. You can have an amazing, professional quality microphone for 50 bucks. You can have uh, mixing tables and uh, a professional in the voice area. If you have a good voice and if you're a good narrator, there is a huge opportunity to expand and grow in this market um, without having to break the bank and without having to leave home. I think that that's an area where voice is also changing and there is a lot of opportunity for freelancers
1: how should the industry prepare for speech in terms of tools, in terms of um, talent? For example, the internet giants are continuously innovating. How can we respond and become a supplier to them?
2: Okay, so you say that the the language industry is slow to adopt new technologies, but it's very fast to copy success stories, right? Uh, Right, As we know, this industry has very low barriers to entry. Um, I think that for... Uh, the industry as a whole, the the most important thing for us is to be informed, to be aware of what is going on. And part of uh, uh, our job at NIMSI is to to track uh, these developments in the industry. But any any source of information, keep an eye and uh, uh, an ear open to uh, what is happening in the voice space uh, because it's seeping into, it's going to be part uh, more and more of. Uh, it's it's just one uh, a different form of output for the things that we do. At the end of the day, like I say, the, one of the things that has remained permanent in the the language industry, uh, one of the things that doesn't change is that we convert content from one language to another. That is the core of what we do. So the way the format and the, the process and the, the structure and the technologies that we use don't change that core demand for converting one type type of content from one format into the other. Um, the, the good thing is that the market behaves. We are, as individuals, parts of the market and we behave the same way that the market does if you are if your kids are comfortable using voice technology and you have seen many of these stories and jokes of kids uh asking alexa to do math problems for them and things like that uh, if they are comfortable with it it's too late the 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 technology is already part of our reality uh the future <laughs> is already here it's just not evenly distributed is uh is a reality. All the elements for uh, uh, creative ways of using uh, uh, voice output are around us. Uh, it's just a matter of bringing them together. We always uh, end up talking and mentioning this thing that we don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to exist. This metaverse, this new uh, way that we interact with technology that is enabled by the amazing bandwidth that comes with 5G, uh, this is going to create new demands. This is going to create uh, new technologies, new platforms, new outputs, new uh, 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 formats. So uh, our our job is to be attentive, to be prepared and to be ready for uh, the change when the change comes, to be ready for the demand when the request from a client comes to you. And you're aware of what's going on and what's available. And uh, kudos to you, Sultan, for uh, taking the lead and starting to incorporate that into your offering as a LSP in this space.
1: Thank you so much, Renato. I wanted your wisdom today, and I think we got a lot here. Um, That was a very fascinating discussion. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, as I always do. I'm pretty sure Nimsy will have a lot more to say about speech in the in the next uh, 12 months or so as it's proliferating. Um, so keep an eye out for NIMSI reports. They are basically guidelines for the industry in terms of what to do and what's coming next. With that, I want to thank you for sharing your expertise and experience and perspective with the industry. I hope we can do this again soon. Anytime, Sultan. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Our industry is undergoing rapid shifts in terms of forced innovation. I say forced innovation because we are always in a reactive mode. Speech has been in research and commercially used for decades but only now our industry is taking notice. We did provide manual transcription in the past. We have not really looked at how we should leverage our expertise and experience from that type of work to address the need for speech services that exist today. I think as more people will move to speech-based interaction with technology, we will see demand for speech-related services increase. We must be ready to rise to the challenge, and now is the time to think about it. That is a wrap for today's episode. I had a fun time talking to Renato, he is always thinking ahead and our industry always benefits from his predictions. I hope you were able to take advantage of this interview today and had at least one action item to apply to your business and improve your bottom line. That would mean I have hit my objective. Don't forget to subscribe to the Translation Company Talk Podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your platform of choice. Remember to give this episode a 5-star rating. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and stay tuned for our next episode.